following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067. Auburn a sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Friday, November 10th, 2023. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. A little overcast on and off rain today here in the Auburn Opelika area, but hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great week. It's Friday. You finally made it. Uh, Maybe... Maybe you had today off uh, for Veterans Day, or maybe you are maybe off early on a Friday, or maybe you're still working and you're trying to get to the 5 o'clock hour. Well, whatever you're doing, I appreciate you tuning in here on ESPN 106.7. On the line, it's the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. We're here in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on a Friday afternoon. And lots to talk about today. Of course, Auburn basketball tonight, uh, Auburn football tomorrow. We have Auburn High School football tonight. Uh, lots going on in the next 24, 48 hours. I mean, it's it's going to be really, really busy. We had Auburn women's basketball last night. I had Lee Scott football last night. Um, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy everything uh, that's going on right now, but wouldn't want it any other way. And so, hope you're doing well. It's a good show on on tap for you today. We're going to talk some Auburn basketball and Auburn football on the show today since both are in action uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, As we normally do on a Friday afternoon, we're going to have my interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. We'll have that for you at 2.30. And then Uncle T-Bow and Wade Bennett will join us in the studio for hour number two. Looking forward to having him back here on the show and back uh, back here in the studio. So looking forward to that. But other than that, Phone lines are open on a Friday afternoon. If you're tuned in, got something to say, uh, what's on your mind, how are you feeling on a Friday afternoon, 334-321-1390. I'm all by myself in the studio. Everybody left. Everybody's gone. Nobody decided to join me in here today. So I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Your thoughts on Auburn basketball tonight? as they get ready to uh, take on southeastern Louisiana in their home opener tonight, coming off the loss at, or I guess on the road, taking on Baylor. I keep wanting to say they were at Baylor, but they were. They were in South Dakota and taking on Baylor. So Auburn coming back home, 0-1 on the season, but their home opener, um, when you look at that southeast Louisiana team, they can fill it up now. They can score a little bit. And so... Uh, curious to see what that game looks like tonight. I'll be there at Neville Arena, so if you see me, come say hello. I uh, would love to, to chat with you and, and and talk a little ball there as Auburn takes on Southeast Louisiana. And then, of course, Auburn football on the road tomorrow in Fayetteville. I will not be at that game uh, as Auburn traveling to take on Arkansas at 3 o'clock tomorrow. And so um, what's, how are you feeling about all of these games, whether it be basketball tonight or football tomorrow, um, are you are you confident in either one of them? Are you confident in both? 
What do you want to see from Auburn basketball tonight coming off the loss? And what do you want to see from Auburn football tomorrow coming off their second win in a row in the SEC against Vanderbilt? It seems like that was forever ago. I don't know if it's because this week has just been pure insanity for me uh, here at the station and with everything going on. It just seems like the Vanderbilt game was forever ago. And here we are, Auburn's back on the road for the final time this season, in the regular season anyway. Of course, if they get to a bowl game, they'll travel somewhere. But Auburn football on the road for the final time this year, taking on Arkansas tomorrow. So give me a call. I want your picks. I want your predictions. I want your thoughts. Um, I want your feelings on either one of these things. 334-321-1390. And before we get into all of that, um, before we get into all of the of the sports conversation and the sports talk, um, want to just want to say something with it being Veterans Day uh, here in the U.S., I know a lot of people are off today, and I know a lot of people are hopefully observing a day like today, and as you should. I know that there is horrible, horrible, horrible things going on in this world right now. It's been happening the last couple of days, the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months. Hell, it's been the last couple of years. Let's just be honest. And a day like today on Veterans Day is an opportunity for those people that are in your life, whether they be family members, friends, co-workers, uh, those that you pass on the street, thank one of them. Thank them all. They deserve it. They've earned it. They have earned your time, your energy, and your respect for what they have done and what they are currently doing to keep our country safe. Because... Whether you think we're in a good spot or not, we're not talking politics here. But whether you think we're in a good spot or not, being here in the United States of America is a heck of a lot better than being anywhere else. Look across the the water right now. Look at what's happening. And there's Americans all up in it. There are military personnel all in it trying to do the right thing and represent the United States. And a day like today is a very, very humble reminder for people like myself that get paid to talk on the radio for a living, for somebody like you that's driving around in your car right now. Maybe you're on your way home to have a nice weekend, right? Maybe you're going to the basketball game tonight. Maybe you're going out to dinner. It's a day like today that you should remember why we get to do those things and not have to worry about our, our lives being at risk, right? And to worry about somebody attacking us from another country. I mean, the, it's just so crazy. We don't think about those things because we don't have to. And it's because of veterans. It's because of active military, former military, and for the ones that have lost their lives. Thank a veteran that you know, your family, your friends. Like I said, if you see somebody on the street that has a hat on telling you that they're a veteran, take the five seconds. It's what it takes, five seconds. Tell them thank you. I have tons of military in my family, some still living, a lot no longer with us. 
And it's a huge honor to have people in my family that, that served in different branches of the military. So just thank somebody today. Because a day like today is it's just, it's very humbling for me. And it should be for you as well. And there shouldn't just be one singular day. It should be every day. They should get treated better than they do. But we're still extremely thankful for the sacrifice they have made and that they currently make in our U.S. military. So thank a veteran today. That's what the day's for. If you enjoyed the day off today, if you were lucky enough to get that, thank somebody that gave you the day off today. That's what it's for. We'll go ahead and take an early break, come back. We'll talk about basketball. We'll talk about football. Auburn playing at home tonight for basketball and on the road at Arkansas tomorrow. We'll talk about all that. Give me a call. You're on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. We're on the Friday edition of On the Line. We'd love to hear from you on this Friday afternoon, 334-321-1390. Let's talk basketball first, and then we'll start getting into some football conversation. Uh, Auburn basketball home tonight in Neville Arena, taking on Southeast Louisiana, uh, one of the uh, directional schools, as Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC likes to say. Uh, Auburn at home, 7 o'clock. You can actually catch the radio broadcast of that game tonight right here on ESPN 106.7. That's right. It's usual, normal home of Wings 94.3. Uh, they'll have Auburn High School playoff football tonight. And so... With all of that, we're moving for this one time only. And if we have to do it again in the future, we'll let you know. But for tonight only, Auburn men's basketball, the local radio broadcast here in Auburn, Opelika, starting at 7 o'clock, you can find it right here on ESPN 106.7. So be sure you tune in for that. Tigers taking on the Lions of Southeast Louisiana. Auburn favored by 23 and a half tonight. And we saw this Auburn team playing Baylor in their season opener. And we saw that Baylor team shoot the ball extremely well. Like, really, really well. Right? Baylor shot 43% for the game. But they were 9 of 19 from deep, which is 47%. That's what Auburn shot as well. And then you saw them shoot really good and be really effective from the free throw line. 27 of 34 for nearly 80% at the free throw line. You want to know what Baylor did in their second game after they played Auburn? When they played a school called John Brown? You want to hear what Baylor did in that game? They turned around and shot 56%. But here's the big numbers. Are you ready for this? 56% is good. Instead of shooting and making nine three-pointers, they made five out of 23 for 21%. And at the free throw line, they went nine of 16. That's it. Nearly half of the free throw attempts in Baylor's second game of the year against a much less quality opponent than when they played Auburn up in South Dakota in game one. What does that tell us? 
tells us Auburn's got to defend without fouling. It tells us that Baylor had a pretty good shooting night when they played Auburn. But Auburn gave them plenty of chances, especially at the free throw line and especially in the second half. And it tells me that Auburn has to find a way to stay out of foul trouble. And I think Auburn has to find some ways in a game like that against Baylor, and we've talked about it all week, where you have to find ways to learn and grow from a loss like that. Auburn was the better team. I think if you play that game ten times, I think Auburn wins it six or seven times. On a neutral floor, I think Auburn wins that game six or seven times out of ten. I really do. But you didn't win that night, and you're not going to get ten more chances or nine more chances. That's it. You played that team once. You're done. Unless you see them in the NCAA tournament somewhere. But I do think Auburn is the better team, and they played better for most of the game. But there were little moments that led to Auburn basketball. Let's just call it what it is. They blew it against Baylor. And the things that stick out to me, yes, all of the free throws that Baylor shot, but also when you had a double-digit lead at the half and all of a sudden you let Baylor come out and in the first two minutes they cut it to a one-possession game with, before you could even blink. Right, We talked about that with Chris Gordy yesterday. That cannot happen. That needs to be Auburn doing that when you already have a lead. Coming out of the halftime locker room with a little bit of urgency to where then you extend your lead at halftime rather than letting a team come back in the ballgame and it ultimately came back to bite you and you let Baylor beat you in a game that you were the better team and you should have won. But Auburn can learn from those things. They can. And there were still good things coming from that game. Auburn played well. They played a lot better than I thought they would in the season opener. And I think we can all agree on that. And you look at Auburn's numbers. They shot at 44%. Fine. They made two more field goals than Baylor did. 9 of 19 from 3. I think we'll all take that. I think we'll all take that. That's three or four more than what this Auburn team averaged last year makes from behind the arc in a game. At 47%, you'll absolutely take that. And 17 of 25 from the free throw line at 68%. That has to be better. That has to be better, and I know some of that falls on Janai Broom. But 68% as a team from the free throw line is not going to get it done. And let's be honest, I'd like to see the 25 attempts go up. I'd love to see the 34 that Baylor got. Absolutely. The more you get, you can afford a miss or two. But Baylor shot almost 80% from the free throw line. That is what you're supposed to do. Auburn, even in the rebound category as well, 38-38. to And it was dead even offensive and defensive, 14-14. and on the offensive side, and 24-24 on the defensive side. Auburn dominated in assists. And the turnover battle was even at 15. So everything was just about equal or better for Auburn, except at the free throw line. And in games like this, against top 20 opponents, Sweet 16-type matchups... Big runs out coming out of the, the locker room at halftime and the free throw differential 
That's all it takes to lose a basketball game. So how can Auburn get better, right? How can Auburn look past it in a game you should have won, you can't go back and play it again? How can Auburn get better tonight against Southeast Louisiana? Well, I think Auburn's going to have some fun tonight. You better believe it. I think Auburn's going to have a lot of fun tonight. Neville Arena should be rocking, should be packed out. School's in, right? It's a road football game, but in Arkansas, I don't expect a ton of local Auburn people or even Birmingham people or Montgomery people or whoever. I don't expect a lot of them to be traveling to Fayetteville this weekend, so this is a good chance to make a trip to Auburn. Now, if there was a home game tomorrow for football, you would definitely see a packed-out crowd tonight, but I still think it's going to be anyway. There's no reason it shouldn't be. Home opener with some really exciting players, and everybody's going to want to see Aiden Holloway at this point. I mean, everybody's going to want a piece of him and just how exciting that he is. And you can use a game tonight to get better as a team. Work on some things. Defense got to get a little bit better. And I said this earlier, this team they're playing tonight can score. They can they can score a little bit. Auburn is not walking into a game where they're just going to roll based on talent. And they're not going to be able to play lazy defense. This team put up 90 points in their season opener. Now they played Delta State. I'll admit I don't know who that is. But they put up 90 points. I don't care what level of basketball you're playing. That's, that's a lot. It's a lot of points. So Auburn has to find a way to play a little bit better defense. And look at the shooting numbers for this team in their opener. 62% from the field. And they put up 90 points with only four threes. What that tells me is there's a lot. A lot of layups, backdoor cuts, good half-court offense, and they're going to work it inside and try to go at Jani Broom tonight. And I guarantee that their game plan is to go at Jani Broom offensively and defensively. For this team offensively tonight, go at Jani Broom and make him foul you. They were 14 of 21 from the free throw line, nothing spectacular. But they're going to go at Jani Broom and try to shoot in the paint and some mid-range jumpers. They don't shoot a lot of threes. They only shot 10 of them. Holy smokes, the team they played shot 37 of them. 37 threes. That doesn't even seem right. Auburn's not in danger tonight by any means. I mean, let's just be honest. They're not in danger. But use this to get better. Use this to use and communicate in your defensive rotations. Use this to have a fun offensive night in Neville Arena. Let Aiden Holloway do his thing. Let Janai Broom pick up another double-double. Let some of the newcomers like Chad Baker-Mazzara and Denver Jones, let some of those guys have some fun. Chaney Johnson. Get them some significant minutes in a game where you should win based off of your talent alone. Because after this game, you're right back into difficult non-conference play. You have Notre Dame coming up next week. You have Virginia Tech coming up in a couple of weeks. Indiana, USC. You've got some tougher games in non-conference play. So Auburn, in these types of games where you will win and win heavily if you play your, your best game, 
take advantage and use it as a learning opportunity, as a coaching opportunity, because there is a lot of talent on this team, and you can see that it's going to be an exciting, fun year based off of game one. I want to see him come out fast, put this team away in the first 10 minutes, literally, in the first 10 minutes of the game. I want to see this thing be over. I don't want it to be the under eight timeout and we look up and it's 26-27 or 26-24 Auburn's on top. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Auburn up by five at the half. No. Put this team away in the first 10 or 15 minutes and let's work on some things. Get some different guys in there. Do different rotations. Try different offensive game plans. Get out and run, force some turnovers, and have some fun. And I think Auburn does that tonight. I really do. Flipping gears to Auburn football as they play on the road at Arkansas tomorrow. Again, phone lines are open. I'd love to hear from you on a Friday afternoon. 334-321-1390. Auburn football on the road in Fayetteville tomorrow. Had our good friend Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas on yesterday to talk about this game. And and everybody I've talked to, all of my guests, all of you, the listeners and callers coming in over the past few days, everybody outside of here, everybody is in the exact same scenario of it's a coin flip. Nobody has any confidence going either way. I sure don't. Arkansas people don't. Auburn people don't. College football people don't. Nobody knows what's going to happen in this game tomorrow. Is that a good thing? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think Auburn fans want this to be a coin flip. Arkansas fans are probably cool with that. They're like, heck yeah, let's go in and see what happens. We got nothing to lose. We're 3-6. and six. We have one win in the SEC. We fired our offensive coordinator. Sam Pittman's good. What do we have to lose in this game? Auburn fans are saying, this is the difference in... Seven and five, a possibility of eight and four. We're staring down six and six. It's a big game for Auburn tomorrow. It's a big game for Auburn football because that is what's at stake. Look at what's left. You have Arkansas tomorrow, New Mexico State next week, which should be a win. That would get you your bowl eligibility. And let's just Say it like it is, if you can't go on the road and beat Arkansas, you're sure as heck not going to beat Alabama in a couple weeks. I think that's fair to say. And if you don't do that, if you don't beat Arkansas and you don't beat Alabama, you're 6-6 six and six in year one. Is that something that most Auburn fans would be upset about? No, I don't think so. But I think there would be a taste in the mouths of Auburn fans of, okay, 6-6 six and six is fine, but it could have been better, right? Especially if Auburn goes and competes tomorrow and loses by one score, right? Loses by three or a touchdown or whatever. It has opportunities to win the game or put Arkansas away and they don't do it, right? If, that's, if we have another Ole Miss game or another Georgia game or another Texas A&M game tomorrow, same thing in the Iron Bowl in a couple of weeks and Auburn drops both of them, I think that would be a disappointing 6-6 six and six because of the way it happened. The record would be fine. 6-6 six and six would be fine. It's one of the numbers we threw out there at the beginning of the year. But if you don't win any of the games where you were competitive in and had chances to win, look, according to Las Vegas, 
and ESPN and wherever you want to look, Auburn's not supposed to win tomorrow. Isn't that crazy? Auburn's not supposed to win tomorrow, according to everywhere you look. And so by my count and by my descriptions, I've said all year long, Auburn has to win one game that they're not supposed to. So technically, tomorrow's a game that Auburn could win that they're not supposed to. Do I believe that they're not supposed to win? No, I don't. I think Auburn should be favored in this game. I think it's ridiculous that they're not. But I'll take it. I'll take it if Auburn was to win tomorrow. You better believe it. When we come back, we'll have my one-on-one weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. You don't want to miss it here on ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. We're about to get to my weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante, but got some breaking news during the break. Auburn has picked up four-star Juco safety Laquan Robinson. He has committed to Auburn. He is the number one Juco defensive back in junior college, and he has committed to Auburn and says, quote, Auburn is home. And so Auburn and Hugh Freeze and Trevon Reed and everybody continuing to load up and stock up on big-name defensive players and big-name recruits. And so Auburn picks up another one from the JUCO ranks. We used to see Auburn do that quite a bit uh, back in the day. And so the number one JUCO defensive back, Laquan Robinson, has committed to Auburn. He is a four-star in the JUCO ranks. He's a safety. And, man, that's just huge. And, look, Auburn continues to bring him in, Dunny. And Hugh Freeze is showing he's going to hit the recruiting trail and always be recruiting and some wins down the stretch would help get guys like Laquan Robinson and so got that breaking news during the break we'll talk about that some more later on in the show plus we got an update on the whole Michigan situation which is pretty crazy too the Big Ten they've put down a punishment on Jim Harbaugh and the and the Michigan Wolverines we'll talk about that in just a little bit as well but here's my weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante as we preview the Auburn Arkansas game tomorrow Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 sitting down for my weekly conversation with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Eugene, great to have you on the on the station again. Always a, a pleasure to talk to you and I hope you're doing well. Yes sir, we're doing well. I appreciate you having me once again. Well, let's recap what was a successful trip to Nashville. Auburn beats Vanderbilt 31-15. to You get two wins in a row, two wins in the SEC, and uh, you're above 500. and now this team is one win away from bowl eligibility. Uh, what were your takeaways from the win as a whole for Auburn on Saturday? Uh, I think it was overall a good win. You know, just going out there and everything was clicking in terms of, you know, defensively, we were able to do some really good things and all of them uh, in terms of, you know, the scoring. And, you know, that's something we pride ourselves on. We want to, you know, limit the opponent as much as possible. So uh, I think defensively we did a, a really good job. We're going to continue to grow upon that performance. Um, offensively, they did a, really, a lot of good things. You know, Jark West had a really big game, you know, came out early hot, you know, um, having those uh, two big runs, uh, just establishing himself and 
you know, letting people know around the country know, you know, he's he's still that guy. You know, so it's a great thing to see, you know, offense clicking. Um, Rivaldo had a great day as well, you know, catching the football and doing his thing. And, you know, those are guys that are, you know, we need uh, throughout the rest of the season that are going to continue to be big pieces. Well, defensively, uh, you and your your squad held Vanderbilt to just one score uh, on the offensive side. Of course, they did have that pick six. But for you guys defensively, giving up just one offensive score in an SEC road game, man, that's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling, man, just uh, holding them to one score. Um, we have goals throughout the weekend. You know, we just try to limit them as much as possible. Um, you know, we're just holding them to one score to, you know, you can win ball games doing that defensively. So um, that's one thing, defensive things that we want to do. So um, holding them to one score, uh, I know the guys take pride in that. We're going to continue to, you know, we're trying to get our our first shout out. That's what we're going to continue to try to do. So um, that's something we talk about and, that you know, we're just going to continue to try to hold ourselves to the standard. Well, for you personally, you're still a top of near the top of of the tackle leaders. When when this team takes the field, you had five total on Saturday. Four of those were solo uh, tackle for loss. I mean, again, you're just you're everywhere, man. You also had a sack on Saturday uh, defensively. What was what was your mindset and sort of the game plan for this team for Auburn defensively against Vanderbilt on Saturday? Yeah, we know um, what the, their quarterback can do. Uh, he's a great passer. Um, and he came into the game, um, you know, he, he he's somebody we know we had to limit. You know, um, they had a, a skill position player, number six, who's a dynamic player, uh, very fast, elusive type player. So we know we just couldn't get him on the – can't get him – allow him to get on the perimeter. Um, so, you know, just vice tackling and uh, everybody swarming to the football was a big thing. Um, so <clears throat> I think that was the main key points. You know, they also had a, a quarterback, number two, uh, will come in, and he's a bigger body type guy able to get downhill with his run. So we were like, you know, we have to try to limit him when they when he does get his touches. So uh, those were all the key points of emphasis throughout the week. And, uh, you know, the guys honed in on it, doing their 111s and everybody uh, just playing, you know, Auburn-style defense. You know, so I think overall we did a really good job and we're going to continue to just be, uh, you know, use this as positive reinforcement for everything. Well, we've heard a lot about uh, the trip up to Nashville, and we knew, we expected there to be a large grouping of Auburn fans there, but Eugene, I don't think anybody expected to see that many Auburn fans, and a lot of people have called it a more of a neutral site, but a lot of my people are telling me, because I wasn't able to make the trip, but a lot of people telling me this was a borderline home game for Auburn in Nashville. How would you feel about all that? Yeah, you can feel that. You can really feel that environment. You can really understand that. You know, Auburn fans travel well, and I learned that from the Cal game early on in the season. I'm just seeing that many uh, Auburn fans on the West Coast. Um, but, yeah, it felt like an Auburn home game. You know, there were there was chants going on. There was, like, it was like a traditional home game. You know, it's crazy to see one side of the field blanketed in orange shirts. So, it's just a great thing to see. Um, I understand how much our, our, our fans are bought in and invested in us. You know, that's something we um, take pride in. We just want to continue to put our best foot forward. You know, give them a show. You know, they deserve that. You know, in terms of us putting our best foot forward, and they deserve for us, the players, to go out there and lay it on the line. So, um, that's what we're going to continue to do. And uh, it was a great experience being in Vandy with all those Auburn fans. Well, Auburn defeats Vanderbilt thirty-one to fifteen on Saturday, five and four now on the season, two and four 
in conference play. What are some of the things that head coach Hugh Freeze, defensive coordinator Ron Roberts, and some of these other coaches on staff, what are some of the things that they've been saying now that you have back-to-back wins in the SEC and you've, you're on this stretch where you can do some really impressive things? What's been, what's been the message from uh, the head coach and your coordinators uh, so far in these last couple of weeks? Yeah, uh, our coaches are really process-driven, process-oriented people. So they understand this thing is, a, you know, they've been around a lot of great teams and they understand that, you know, there's dynamics to great teams, you know. So we have to continue to uh, take that next step um, every day, our one, doing our 111th and just getting 1% better. So that's something to emphasize. and It's a point of emphasis all throughout the week. So I think they can, it's just going to continue to harp on, uh, you know, us being able to play a complete game and put it all together. You know, uh, we still don't feel like we've played a complete game and, um, truthfully and rightfully so. Um, so I think they're just going to continue to harp on the details, continue to harp on us doing the little things and, you know, eventually putting it all together. And, uh, you know, once we get to the end of the year, it'll be, uh, you know, that, you know, we'll be built up, from, built from the ground up. So right. that's the yeah. biggest thing. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense where, you know, you, you build this this process and you have these steps to get where you're going, especially in year one uh, with a new coach and new coordinators. And so uh, that makes sense. And it seems like things are coming together as this team is getting better week by week. We're talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante for Tiger Takes here on ESPN 1067. Flipping ahead to this week, Auburn back on the road. You take on an Arkansas team in Fayetteville that looking at the record, it's not going to blow you away. They had a a tough stretch, but they're coming off of a big win in the SEC on the road themselves. What can you tell us about the Arkansas offense and that very talented quarterback, K.J. Jefferson? Yeah, KJ, some somebody we've emphasized the whole week, uh, understanding what type of player he is in terms of the passer. We think he's great as a passer. We think he's a dynamic passer um, who can deliver the ball to uh, at any any spot on the field. We also think he's a, a great runner. Uh, you know, so that's the type of thing we're preparing for. You know, us, us understanding will be a physical game with the the downhill run game and well, you know, all the different things they do with KJ. And then from there, you know, they have great running backs. You know. I believe uh, Rocket uh, has been hurt. Uh, he's been hurt a little bit towards the start of the season. But he's getting back healthy now. And, you know, as a linebacker, uh, just going against the best uh, in the SEC. We take, we take pride in that. And uh, it's going to be a challenge for us to just continue to, you know, bottle them up in the run game and, you know, limit their receivers uh, on the edge and, you know, get them into third down situations and uh, get off the field. So that's the biggest emphasis for us. And, um, you know, we're excited to get to Arkansas this week. I asked head coach Hugh Freeze on Monday this exact question, and I'm curious on how how you will respond. We know that Arkansas released their their offensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago, and so you had a bunch of film on this team, and and coach said you pretty much got to throw it out and come up with a whole new game plan and not really look into that film a whole lot. For you personally and for this defense as a whole, how do you prepare for an offense that you only really have one game since it's so new uh, with new people calling plays and everything? How do you guys prepare for an offense like that? Yeah, it's a hard adjustment. You have to understand that, uh, you know, they have the they had their OC there that uh, was calling his stuff. And, you know, they have a different offensive mind who has different perspectives and different beliefs. Also, the biggest thing is just understanding, um, you know, relying on tendencies of the first game, of the, with the first game with the OC uh, calling the game and uh, just understanding that, 
you know, you may not get what you've seen on film. You may not get, you may get a different, you may get a totally different game plan, totally different scheme, totally different runs, totally different passes. So the biggest thing is just understanding your assignment to a T and then going, being able to execute it at a, a fast pace on the way that the game should be played. So it's more so an evaluation for us to understand what we need to do and uh, do it do the best of our ability. I don't know if I've ever asked you this, Eugene, and if I have, I apologize, but in the linebacker spot for you individually, do you prefer stopping the run? Do you prefer rushing the quarterback, dropping back in coverage? Where Where's your preferred spot to be? What's What's the go-to play call for Eugene Asante to get in there and just start flying around? What Where do you like to be the most? Uh, that's a good question. I think, um, truthfully and honestly, I think I'm a naturally aggressive downhill backer. So I like to, uh, I like to come downhill and, uh, you know, fit up runs particularly. And I also like to get after the quarterback on third down. You know, that's a, a super exciting thing, rushing the passer, uh, coming off the edge, coming wherever. You know, Coach Roberts has so many different uh, pressures that it could be any from anywhere. So um, that's particularly what I like doing. I, I enjoy football. There's so many dynamics and so many different pieces to it. And you really just appreciate all of the different freaks of playing football but i i'll probably say rushing the passer is probably my the fun like when i get a when they signal in the play and they're like oh you're going and it's it's, a, it's an exciting thing for sure i'm like yeah i gotta go get them now <laughs> i love that yeah i love that and you can see it when you're on the field man you're just you're so eager to make a play and you're you're so quick on your feet and and, and seeing things when they happen and then making the play when needed uh, you're the leading tackler on this team by by a heavy amount and and that's because you're there you're there pretty much every play and you're in just about every play and so looking ahead for this game one thing this defense has done really really well all season Eugene you guys are forcing turnovers with the best of them not just in the SEC but in the country lots of interceptions some fumbles forced as well um something that we talk about just about every week where you guys just continue to force turnovers and give the ball back to your offense. Yeah. And, and that's one of our uh, coaching points, you know, they continue to emphasize, you know, if we want to be an elite defense, we have to get turnovers and we have to, you know, stop our opponent. Um, so getting the ball, giving the offense back uh, the opportunity to score again, is such a big thing in football. And we just don't take that for granted, you know, so we have to be intentional with our work. We have to detail our work. And uh, understand that uh, we have to uh, always be ball searching, you know, whether it's uh, stripping the ball out, coming off the edge, or it's, um, you know, uh, picking the ball off in the air. We have to be ball searching and be cognizant of where the ball is at all times because ultimately that's the biggest thing in playing defense, getting the ball back and um, holding them on, on third, third down. So um, that's a big thing for us. Um, the coaches have emphasized it, and the guys have uh, bought into it, and we're going to continue to buy in it to see how many more turnovers we can rack up. Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante joining us on ESPN 106.7. couple of more before we let you get out of here. Earlier in the year when you and I were talking, when the offense was struggling at times and, and struggling to put it together and kind of get some points on the board, we had talked about you know how you guys defend and keep the team in the game. And you, you said something that really stood out to me. You said, we know that they're going to get it together. We know that they're going to put it together and start to be successful 
and they've started to do that, Eugene. The offense is really starting to click and, and starting to roll. They've had back-to-back impressive games and another chance to do it on Saturday. So that always stood out to me that you said that, and now they are starting to put it together, and I know that takes a little bit of stress off of you and the defense. Yeah, um, them putting it together is a big thing. You know, and, um, you know, I have 100% belief and faith in those guys and everything they do. Um, I have, I understand what they are and, how, you know, how much work they put into it. So, you know, I wasn't saying that with blind faith. I was saying that, you know, understanding and seeing the work that they put in. Right. Um, and I just under, I understand the leader that they have in that, you know, that room in terms of, you know, Coach Freeze is a, a great offensive-minded guy, and he, you know, he's done it at a high level for years and years. And we understand, what, you know, the caliber of coach he is. You know, so it's all kudos and respect to Coach Freeze and guys buying into his message um, and not taking what he says uh in terms of criticism to heart, but just allowing it to improve their play, you know? So I've seen guys do that. I've seen guys put their ego to the side and say, you know what, coach, I didn't do the, I didn't do it the right way. What, how do you want me to do it? You know, and just being more coachable and opening and being vulnerable with coaches and saying, yo, um, when they're in situations that they feel are, you know, uncomfortable. Um, so the biggest thing is everybody being at ease and understanding each other. Um, and coach freeze has made it very easy for guys to come to him and, and just say, you know, hey, coach, I need, we got to do it this way, or, you know. So ultimately, that really helps, and guys going out there and making plays, you know. So all those things will, you know, are, are contributing to the offenses that's right now. Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante talking with us on ESPN 1067 as Auburn defeats Vanderbilt last Saturday, traveling to Fayetteville to take on the Razorbacks this weekend in the second to last SEC game of the season. Eugene, always appreciate you, man, and appreciate your time. Uh, Safe travels up to Fayetteville this weekend, and good luck. Yes, sir. We thank you. Appreciate you. That is Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. We sit down every single week for Tiger Takes. That interview airs originally on Wednesdays at 5.30 on The Drive with Bill and Dan. And then I always like to play it for you here on Friday afternoons at 2.30. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up hour number one. Give me a call. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on a Friday afternoon. 334-321-1390. We'll wrap up hour number one when we come back on ESPN 106.7. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067. And if you uh, missed the announcement or haven't quite seen it yet, um, the news that we broke for you uh, before we went to my interview with Eugene Asante. Auburn football has picked up a commitment from the top Juco defensive back in the country. Uh, They've picked up the commitment of Laquan Robinson. He is a safety out of the Juco ranks, a four-star coming out. And uh, he said, quote, we connected on a different level. Every time we spoke, it just hit. Talking about head coach Hugh Freeze, he said Auburn is home. And so uh, another big pickup for this Auburn team for Hugh Freeze and the entire coaching staff. Uh, They continue to uh, just kill it in the recruiting game and really just doing better than just about anybody right now and so uh, shout out to them shout out to him Uh, huge huge news for Auburn also huge news in the college football world with 
the biggest story that's been happening in college football this season and what has a huge impact on tomorrow's games in college football the Big Ten has finally made a decision to punish Michigan and head coach Jim Harbaugh due to the sign stealing investigation Stein sign gate whatever you want to call it from from uh, Pete Thamel about 20-25 minutes ago he said, sources say the Big Ten is expected to discipline Michigan for the in-person scouting and ongoing sign-stealing investigation. It will prohibit Jim Harbaugh from being on the sideline until the conclusion of the regular season. He will be allowed to coach during the week. So that has been reported for Michigan. The Big Ten has come down and punished them. And again, the Big Ten has suspended Jim Harbaugh for the remainder of of the regular season and why is that big you ask well Michigan playing Penn State on the road tomorrow a top 10 matchup in the Big Ten and they also have the Ohio State game coming up at the end of the year which is as of right now a top four matchup so I don't know I just I just don't think it's all that much of a punishment if you ask me because he can still coach during the week He just can't be on the sidelines. And I know that's a big deal, especially in big games, but then he can come back in postseason play? I don't know. Seems like a slap on the wrist to me. Is this all of the punishment we're going to see? I don't know. Depends on how much more information comes out, I guess. But take some scholarships away, or I've had a lot of people call into the show and say that there should be a postseason ban for Michigan. Or maybe not make the Big Ten championship game. There's been a lot of different suggestions, but suspending him for the regular season where he can't be on the sidelines on Saturdays just sounds kind of weak to me. We'll talk about that. Auburn basketball and Auburn football coming up as Uncle T-Bone joins us in hour number two. On ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here at hour number two on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. They're our wonderful studio sponsor each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of our number one, I had lots of good Auburn basketball and football talk. Also had my weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. So uh, be sure that you 
Go and check that out on demand wherever you get your podcast to search on the line, or you can go to ESPNAU.com. But hour number two on Fridays brought to you by our friends at Sensagreen Heating and Air, and we're joined by Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. Wade, great to see you, brother. It's, it's so nice to have you back in the studio, man. Yeah, it's good to be back, Jacob, in the uh, Plaza Bar studio, brought to you every Friday from 3 to 4 by our good friends over at Sensagreen Heating and Air for that's cool and clean call sense green check them out at sensegreen.com or give them a call at 334-704-3274 apr right now Hey-o. on 60 months for certain systems if you need a replacement and as always when you get in touch with the good folks at sense green make sure you tell them that uncle t-bone sent me well man we've got a lot to go over in the next hour we've got breaking news in the last 30 minutes with michigan we've got auburn football recruiting news out of the juco ranks uh we've got uh um, games to pick. We've got Auburn, Arkansas football to talk about, Auburn basketball to talk about. I don't think an hour is going to be enough on a Friday afternoon, but we're sure going to try. Yeah, and let's so, get right into it. Let's talk Where do you the, want to start? Let's talk the Michigan stuff really quick. Okay. That's how I ended the first hour, and we've had so many calls talking about it in the last couple of weeks because it just continues to heat up, and we finally got an answer. I don't think it's a good answer, but we got an answer on what was going to happen to Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. And as of about 30 minutes ago from Pete Thamel, he tweeted out a report saying that the Big Ten is suspending Jim Harbaugh for the rest of the regular season. Here are the details. He cannot be on the sidelines on Saturdays, including tomorrow against Penn State. And about two hours ago, there were reports that Jim Harbaugh was on a plane with his team heading to Happy Valley. He cannot be on the sidelines for the rest of the regular season, including Penn State tomorrow and Ohio State to end the year in the big game. But he can coach during the week. Everything Monday, Sunday through Friday is totally fine. He can do everything he wants to do, just like he normally does. He just can't be on the sidelines on Saturdays. And if Michigan makes the Big Ten championship game or whatever postseason they're a part of, he's back to normal. And that was a decision made by the Big Ten. It's a decision that I ended the first hour saying, that's soft. It's soft. I mean, what what does that do? He was already suspended the first four games of the season and didn't coach, and they played cupcakes and it didn't matter. But this is soft, Uncle T-Bone. This is breaking out the roller and smacking the dog on the nose when oh, yeah. he pees on the carpet. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous in my opinion. You know, I think uh... – locally not to toot our own horns but we were some of the first to really talk about this here at on the line and we both agreed from uh from when this story really was in its genesis that uh there was going to be some punishment and they had michigan and over time there's been more and more evidence leaked including uh whether or not even central michigan and and our good friend jim McElwain used to there be the offensive go. alabama uh, coordinator and famous shark fisherman pot allegedly <laughs> if he had actually <laughs> even helped <laughs> if he had uh, actually even helped yes. get Connor Stallions yes. on the sideline he was over there incognito how many people dressed up like Connor Stallions for, know. for Halloween so this awesome. story uh has really been kind of a one that's just been brewing now for weeks at a time and uh we both agreed hey they got Michigan they got them dead to rights but I'm gonna be honest with you I'm with you I think that them uh responding to this today late on a Friday with their response is absolutely pathetic. I think that it's way too early, despite there being so much evidence out there 
to really lay down any kind of discipline unless you are you have all your ducks in a row, have all your ships lined up, and you have a report ready to drop as soon as you drop any kind of discipline with all the evidence laid out, all the findings from the NCAA who were on campus a couple of weeks, all the findings from the investigation into the Big 12. And I don't really think they have that. No, they don't. And so this is their attempt in a conference, in a multi-million dollar money-making conference, just to kind of say, hey, we did something. All right, y'all, y'all leave us alone now. And you know what's coming from Michigan? They're going to file an injunction probably here within the next hour. And then what happens? I saw a meme on Twitter or on X just a second ago, and it was Michigan lawyers, and it's the people just typing away real fast right. on their laptops. I Can mean, we just call true. it Twitter from now on? It, hey, it's like it's like the movie uh, uh, Coming to America. Mama called him Clay. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Clay. Right? That's right. That's so, right. So yeah, don't. I, I, I'm having a hard. I was talking, having this discussion. Sorry to get on sidetrack with my wife earlier today. She said it's X. I say it's Twitter. So whatever. Um, yeah, they're just typing away. They're firing away. They've probably been. They probably were tipped off to what was coming discipline-wise a couple of hours ago, and they're going to respond. And then the Big Ten is just gonna be like, "Well, I guess we'll just uh, roll with what the courts say, and he can coach, and then we'll all just talk about it at the end of the season when we have some kind of uh, real report." Right. Well, here's here's what I said yesterday, and somebody brought this up. This was not my original thought. It was one of my callers earlier in the week, or maybe late last week. They said, and it's a great point. Why would the Big Ten, because we've always known that the NCAA wasn't going to do anything about it, and if they do, it's going to be five years from now when nobody cares anymore. Sure. It was always going to be the Big Ten that made a decision on this. And why? And this is a really interesting perspective. Why would the Big Ten go out of their way to punish one of their leading candidates to make the college football playoff this year in Michigan? You've got Michigan and Ohio State. Why would you go out and punish a team and possibly limit them and restrict them from making postseason play with all the money, glory, and fame that comes with it. Because Michigan and Ohio State are going to play in three weeks from now. And if Michigan wins that game, they represent in the Big Ten championship game. They're going to slaughter whoever they play from the horrible other side, and Mm -hmm. they're going to be a college football playoff team. Why would the Big Ten do that to themselves? I'm not saying it's the right thing to do or there's integrity here because money in this business speaks a lot louder than those things. But why would the Big Ten do that? And this decision sort of speaks to that where, okay, Jim Harbaugh, you can't coach on Saturdays, but you can coach, get your team ready Mm -hmm. throughout the week. And once the postseason starts, bam, you're back on the sidelines. Now, you got to get through three tough games, but... So what it sounds like to me from the Big Ten is, okay, let's try to make everybody happy, let's move on from this, and hopefully it doesn't hurt us too bad for the Big Ten. It's what it looks like to me, Uncle T-Bone. No, I'm with you. It's just basically them trying to tell everybody they did something without doing something. And, you know, they don't, they don't, want, they don't want one of their teams not making the college football playoffs because of this. And, 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 you know, there was all this backlash. And then, you know, to release it on a Friday, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the SEC referees telling a coach that they're looking at targeting in the uh, booth, but there really wasn't targeting. And then him coming back on Monday and saying, I want the SEC to give me an explanation and we still don't have one. Yeah. These conferences are in the business of looking after their teams, but especially looking after their teams that bring in the moolah, my you friend. You better believe that. And Michigan well, is definitely one of those teams. And I'm not saying that's what happened at Alabama. I mean, you know, they were going to win that game anyway. But don't tell me for a second that, 
you know, uh, this is why in 2011, going way back, in, that, that Gene Chizik was like, look, at SEC uh, coaches meetings, and Destin asked, when is the investigation going to wrap up for us and Cam Newton? Mm-hmm. And asked the conference that, not the NCAA, because the NCAA takes it sweet time. Oh, and yeah. the conference stuff, well, we're, we're going to, you know, everyone needs to stop talking about y'all, you know, give Auburn a break. You're hurting them on the recruiting trail. We'll look into it, Gene. Okay, moving on. They're not ever going to give you any kind of concrete answer. No. Because they don't want to be culpable, they don't want to placate to any conspiracy theorists, and they want their teams rolling on along in the playoffs while they kind of take the high road, but really are taking the low road to get paid. Well, a punishment has finally come down for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. He has been suspended twice in the same season. He will now be suspended for seven total games in the 2023 regular season. Because if you forget... He didn't coach the first four games of this season for things that happened and, and some violations. And so, yeah, but um, you and I could have coached that team and got through that. Yes, yeah, so you better believe it. They could have pulled somebody <laughs> out of the stands like you and me to do that. And so, Michigan will be without Jim Harbaugh tomorrow against Penn State on the road there in Happy Valley. They'll also be without him against Ohio State in the Big House coming up in just a couple of weeks. So, that's some news that we got earlier today, about 30, 45 minutes ago. The other news that we got, this one is a lot more closer to home, Uncle T-Bone, when it comes to Auburn football and Auburn football recruiting. Uh, The Tigers have picked up a huge commitment out of the JUCO ranks. Four-star JUCO safety, number one rated defensive back in all of junior college. Laquan Robinson has committed to play for Auburn in 2024, and Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff continue to roll in the recruits so far, man. Yeah, originally from Greenville High School here in the great state of Alabama, the number 15 JUCO player in the nation, according to rivals over at AuburnSports.com. Uh, 6'2", 185, number one DB in JUCO in Huey Trust. And uh, that's what it's going to take, man. Just uh, continued work effort in recruiting, locking down top talent, bringing in and supplementing players from the portal, and getting that roster back to like the 1980s style athlete in viciousness that this roster once was when I was growing up it you know it's fallen off the face of the earth the last three four years talent wise no offense to the guys there they're giving it everything they got but we all know that you're going to have to build this program back by good old-fashioned hardcore recruiting yeah you better believe it and and winning some games here recently I think helps that no no question and I think tomorrow is a chance to help with that and then I think the the New Mexico State game, you're going to have a chance to uh, get a big win there, go to a bowl game, and then you have the Iron Bowl at home, which we know that will be another big recruiting weekend for Auburn football. A lot of Auburn sports will use that if they can uh, for a recruiting weekend as well. So tons to, tons going on uh, around uh, the world of college football with news, with Michigan, with the local stuff going on here with Auburn recruiting. Also want to shout out, the high school stuff going on where uh, Auburn High School is currently on their way right now uh, down to Baker High School down in Mobile uh, uh, over a four-hour drive that they're having to make uh, for the first round of the playoffs tonight in AHSAA 7A state playoffs Scott Bagwell Rob Pate will be on the call tonight it's a really good Auburn High School team it's a really good Baker team as well they are the good and a lot of athletes down there, my so friend. So many athletes. That Baker team has an SEC quarterback commit. They've got a couple of SEC wide receiver commits, including one for Auburn. That's right. Um, they've got a really solid running back as well. 
But Auburn's got some players too, man. It's going to be a really good game. Pre-game 6.30, kickoff at 7. You can join Scott and Rob over on Wings94.3 and WingsFM.com. Uh, they're going to be calling a game in a monsoon tonight, so shout out to them and good luck there. I've been in that position. It is not fun. No, it's not. Um, but they do a fantastic job and the reward uh, for winning that game, Uncle T-Bone, is more than likely going on the road to play Central Phoenix City next week. Oh, so, goodness gracious. Yeah, not uh, not too excited about that, but got to take care of business tonight if you're Auburn High. So be sure you go and check that out. And while that's happening on Wings 94-3, the usual home of Auburn men's basketball, the Tigers of men's basketball will be right here on ESPN 106.7 nice. tonight. So looking forward to that as they take on Southeastern Louisiana. What do you think about that game tonight, Uncle T? You going to go? No, I can't do it. Um, had, actually had an offer on some tickets. I'm sorry not to be able to make it. Uh, got some family coming in from Huntsville this weekend. They'll be here this evening, and we're going to entertain them. There you go. They are not of the Auburn fan persuasion, if you know what I mean. Oh, but, hey, no. we got to do what we got to do, and God bless them. I'm glad they're coming down <laughs> to see us. Um, you know, look, I watched the game Monday night. Very impressed with Auburn basketball. I know that they feel uh, like that is one that got away. Um, you know, I, it's too our early in the season for me to even come come close to judging anything basketball wise uh we're in that hybrid part of the season where football is beginning to wind down and basketball is just starting but it's obvious that that's a physical Auburn basketball team and they can shoot the ball um all they got to do is clean up some of the fouls whether that you thought they were legit or not and you better watch out because if this team gets hot shooting the ball you don't want to get hot now though we've seen that happen you want to wait and ease into to it and Bruce we trust also will be fine don't let that Baylor win get you down Tiger fan yeah Auburn playing southeastern Louisiana tonight at home in Neville Arena for the home opener for the Auburn Tigers and also in our high school ranks uh, I was on the call last night with Christian Griffin and Lee Scott defeated Fort Dale last night in the state semifinals so we're heading back to Montgomery for the state championship game against Glenwood next Thursday and a chance to go out on top in the AISA as Lee Scott and Glenwood both moving to the AHSA next year so i uh, really excited yeah, for that congratulations too. to yeah, you and to lee yeah. scott how much fun will that be to call another state championship yeah, man game? i'm very blessed very blessed you do very a honored, great job man. doing it. i listened to you a couple times this year and i think uh they're very lucky to have you over there at lee scott buddy well i appreciate that and we're having a lot of fun and a big game coming up on thursday we got so much going on around here at auburn network i mean too much it seems like i mean nobody's doing it better than we are i say that all the time and so uh we got Agreed. a lot more a lot more to talk about here on the friday edition of on the line we got some picks we got to make around the sec and some of the big games in college football we'll do that when we come back love to hear from you as well 334-321-1390 the friday edition of on the line continues after this you are on the line on espn 1067 online at espnau.com or on the espn 1067 app Let's make some picks here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. This hour, every Friday, brought to you by our friends at Sensegreen Heating and Air. Uh, before we get to the SEC, we got some big ones around college football, including Michigan-Penn State that we've been talking about. And does Let's start there. Does the news of Jim Harbaugh not being on the sideline, does that change the way you look at this game, and ultimately, does it change your pick for a game that 
really could screw some things up in the Big Ten when it comes to Michigan and Penn State. Yeah, I mean, national implications uh, galore there in Happy Valley before the suspension was announced to Jim Harbaugh this afternoon. I mean, this is a game, though, that we've talked about for weeks now. You've especially pointed out the fact that Penn State just never seems to be able to rise up in these big-time moments in the Big 12 against Michigan and Ohio State. But I do think it has an effect. I mean, you know, everyone's probably – you got to be thinking that any time that you go on the road, especially, and then all of a sudden there's just, you know, a, a, a monkey wrench thrown in there to your uh, to your regular travels and regular preparations that it's going to affect the team. I'm looking over at scoresandodds.com, though, but no mo- movement on the line today, this afternoon, since the uh, really? announcement. But I'll be interested to see, you know, obviously see what how, attack kickoff how, tomorrow. how it does in the morning when some people get some more data on what's going on. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. Michigan is the better team here. And I know Penn State puts up 40 points a game, but in the one big game they've played this year against Ohio State, they put up a whopping 12. They didn't look good in that game either. So, And they almost let Indiana beat them, and I know they, yeah. they turned around and beat Maryland pretty bad. But And here's the thing, too. Michigan hasn't played anybody, and they've just rolled over everybody. Sure have. But this game is in Happy Valley, so I think that you got to give a little credit there to Penn State. But it's an 11 a.m. kick. This isn't a night game at Penn State, which we know right. things get weird up there. Auburn fans know that very well. I still have Michigan, man. I do. I'm taking Michigan. I just think they run the ball, and I just think they bully Penn State. And, again, it's another big game that Penn State – typically doesn't win so I'm going to take Michigan even with Jim Harbaugh not on the sidelines yeah I'm with you I kind of think Michigan just lines up and uh, plays big boy football and pushes Penn State around like they normally do like most of the good teams normally do and you said it 11 a.m kickoff I mean Boy, I think Penn State would have, I'd have been calling the Big Big Ten trying to get everything I could to make that prime time on ABC at night for the whiteout. So uh, Michigan is the better football team, at least passing the eye test. We'll see what they got tomorrow, though, because that schedule has been putrid so far this season. Yes, and they're going to get tested down the stretch with Penn State and Ohio State in a three-week span. Let's get to the SEC. We may have to carry this over into the next segment as well. Uh, we'll, of course, talk Auburn and Arkansas coming up in the back half of this hour but we'll just run through from 11 a.m all the way through Alabama number eight team in the country coming off a big win over LSU I keep saying it they find ways to win somehow some way their only loss is way back in the beginning against Texas and they're on the road in Lexington tomorrow taking on the Cats they're favored by 10 and a half is Alabama your pick for that game yeah, I got Alabama 42-20. to 20. I mean, this was a game uh, preseason that a lot of people had circled as a possible letdown game for Alabama after whatever emotional uh, win or loss they'd have at LSU. Alabama dominates this series 38-2-1. and The Ooh. last time that Kentucky beat Alabama was 1997 Gosh. at night, and our beloved friend – Former head coach Bill Curry was coaching the Wildcats. We sure miss him, Auburn fan, but I don't think Kentucky can put up any kind of fight here, and Alabama's playing really good football. Yeah, this was, you mentioned it, a game that preseason everybody circled. It's like, man, what a what a potential game this could be, right? It could be a night game at Lexington where Kentucky's fighting for the East and Bama's fighting for the West. What a great crossover this could be. It could be the one big win that Stoops could get in Lexington. 
No, I don't think no, so. I don't think Kentucky's so. Kentucky's six and three. They run the ball really well, but they can't keep up with Alabama. They're not going to be able to throw it on Alabama. I've got the Crimson Tide big. They'll cover that ten and a half. Does Vegas know something we don't? Maybe, uh, but I like Alabama. Well, they, to cover they, that. Vegas knows a lot that we don't. But yes, I would. I'll take my chances with a red hot Tide team right now against a Kentucky team that's completely outgunned. Do we really want to waste our time on Vanderbilt, South Carolina? How ugly is this game? Let me make a point here. How hungover would you have to be to watch this game? I mean, <laughs> you, like you were completely couch locking, so you'd stayed out so late that you can't move. This is the you, one you, you hear and from and the and bathroom and when and you're, yeah, you know, you, you can't even. You're just too lazy to to reach for the remote control i'd have to have at least two bloody marys and two bojangles cajun filet biscuits to watch this one yeah this one's brutal i mean i'll i'll take south carolina of course you will we <laughs> saw enough of vandy last week look that game should have got out of hand the referees gave gave vandy a massive gift on that kick uh interference call and, and if they don't do that auburn just rick rolls vandy vandy is no bueno this year my friend let me say this though Vanderbilt will cover that 13 and a half point spread oh I just I can't put in I, I get just so they're a penny stock program and I can give them no love I'll take the Gamecocks and lay those points moving on we'll get to Florida LSU I want to save the big ones have us a, give us a little okay. bit more time Florida on the road at LSU uh Tigers coming off of a uh heartbreaking loss Jaden Daniels will be uh, the status is yeah I mean what's unknown. going on with that yeah status unknown I mean I think he's going to play I've seen some things where he is okay but there's no way he's going to be 100%. Uh, Florida is average, I guess. They're 5-4 and four this year. They have, they've looked good at times, and they've looked bad at times. Um, LSU favored by 14.5. If Daniels is playing, yeah, absolutely. LSU sure. will just run all over him, a night game in Baton Rouge. So I'll take LSU to win. I'm not touching the spread because I have no idea. Yeah, we don't know exactly what's going on with Jaden Daniels and his status. My question here is, though, is, you know, and LSU fans are some of the most passionate in college football do they show up Saturday night after knowing good and well now that their championship hopes even for a division championship are gone that's a good point I mean is it going to be how it is normally in uh in Death Valley and Tiger Stadium or is it going to be a little dead Florida would love to come in and steal one I still think LSU has way more athletes than Florida and if Daniels plays they should take care of business no problem coming off the loss to Ole Miss last week Texas A&M hosting Mississippi State in a night game there at Kyle Field you talk about fan support and participation this is another one that could be a question mark let me say this I don't think this happens but if Mississippi State with the team that they have right now at four and five overall if they go into Kyle Field and beat Texas A&M A&M will fire Jimbo Fisher on the spot right there they'll do it they'll fire him on the spot after the game he will not coach another game at Texas A&M if Mississippi State wins tomorrow I've been saying that they have their replacement for him already on staff since preseason so that would not surprise me one bit it would surprise me though if Mississippi State actually could win this game real quick that Texas A&M Ole Miss game last week was one of the most underrated football games of the year that we was tried to tell people excellent football game for an 11 o'clock uh, 11 o'clock kickoff in the sec the last three games against sec foes not named the 1985 chicago bears in the, in the monster <laughs> of the midway defense mississippi state has scored a grand total of 23 points that's 7.6 points per game i got a and m 32 to 8 oh that's a mississippi state team with will rogers playing quarterback Oh, is he back? Well, no, I mean, he was. But I'm saying just in general with the offense, it's just been 
And I know they've had quarterback problems down the stretch, but you you can't and you cannot go from one to extreme to another in a se- in, in back-to-back seasons and mm. expect it to work seamlessly. It does not work that way. I think Texas A&M wins. You have to. Oh my gosh, you have to. And again, if Mississippi State wins, write the check, fire him, get him out. If you're Jimbo Fisher, we'll talk some more about the biggest games in the SEC and of course Auburn and Arkansas tomorrow at Fayetteville. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. This hour on Fridays is brought to you by our friends at Sense of Green. Heating and air for air that's cool and clean, you better call Sense of Green. And as always, we are in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Uncle T, before we start talking Auburn and Arkansas, as we did last week, there's some huge games in the SEC once again, man. Some games there that are. decide the SECs, decide the SEC East. Man, there's some really, really good ones. We talked about all the, the other ones, but there's two top 20 matchups. We have a top 15 matchup, and we have a top 10 matchup. Let's start with Tennessee and Missouri. 13 Tennessee, 14 Missouri, both teams 7-2, and two, and I know that a lot of people are going to look at this game and say, well, there's no there's no real SEC implications here. There's no playoff implications here. Both of these teams are out of it because they're 7-2. and two. Sure. But look at this game. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a really exciting game tomorrow at 2.30 on CBS. Tennessee's favored by three on the road in Columbia. Give me Missouri. Give me Missouri. I know they had a heartbreaker last week and gave it everything they had against Georgia. They had chances to win. What has Tennessee done this year that has proven that they are a really great football team? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything. Give me Missouri tomorrow. Yeah, this is one of those interesting weekends in the SEC where all 14 teams will play and they will all play one another. That always kind of amps up the intensity, and this is a perfect example of that game. Both teams 7-2. and two. Missouri came out early in the week a one-and-a-half-point favorite. This thing has completely swung, like you said, to three. Uh, you got to wonder what Missouri has left in the tank. Uh, after that emotional loss at Georgia. They played really well in that football game. They're a scrappy bunch. Yeah, they are. And uh, Which I, I didn't think they were, and no, I didn't th- think Drinkwitz had it in them. I really didn't, Yeah, he, as a head coach. He, he's got them motivated. They're at home. Tennessee desperately needs a win here, not to fall kind of back in the pack in the East. Um, I'm with you. I kind of like Missouri here, wrong team favor, but it does concern me that there's wild movement in this spread because, you know, I'm for entertainment purposes only on the spreads, but you can watch these lines and sometimes get a gauge of uh, what actually may happen in the game. The biggest game in the SEC, and it's one of the biggest games so far this season, a top 10 matchup tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on ESPN television. We're also going to have that game here on ESPN 106.7 for the radio broadcast, so be sure that you tune in for that. Number nine Ole Miss on the road in Athens 
at number two, Georgia. Eight and one Ole Miss, nine and zero Georgia. And it's crazy, Wade, because everybody that you talk to when they're talking about the SEC championship game, oh, it's Georgia Alabama again. Here we go, right. Georgia Alabama. People are forgetting that Ole Miss is eight and one. People are forgetting that Ole Miss still has their future in their hands. If they win this game, they're in. I mean, all they have left is Mississippi State, and we know what that dumpster fire looks like right now. So they have the loss to Alabama, but this thing is still wide open. Now, it's a tall task for Ole Miss to go and beat Georgia tomorrow. Of course, it's in Athens. Of course, it's a night game, and of course, it's on national television and national radio. But it's a huge game, and Ole Miss taking on Georgia tomorrow. Top 10 matchup. What are your thoughts? Well, early in the week, I was really high on Ole Miss. But, uh, you know, hearing all the reports about Lane Kiffin uh, being relaxed and admitting that he had been tight the last couple of times he'd gone in big games against Alabama, which was true. You could tell, you know, they got a swashbuckling offense and improving defense by Bama Castaway, uh, Pete Golding at defense coordinator. I think he's a little bit better defense coordinator and he got credit for it. Heck of a good recruiter, and they're constantly, you know, upgrading their talent there. But I'm a little concerned about this story that came out today in Lane Kiffin where he basically, uh, I think, did the right thing letting a football player go on his team but did it the wrong way by verbally, verbally abusing him on the way out. And yeah. so what kind of distraction does that all, all of a sudden create for him? You know, Lane, he's uh, – you know, kind of been an entitled, uh, spoiled brat at times himself. Is he really distracted by stuff by like that or not? I don't know, but every time Georgia seems to be challenged under Kirby Smart over the last two to three years, they're like, you're not putting us in a corner. I've got UGA winning this game 31-27. When you look at the SEC West, Alabama is still undefeated in the SEC. Their only loss was to Texas back in week two. If Ole Miss were to win, and you know this is my favorite game, the what-if game. Sure. If Ole Miss beats Georgia tomorrow and Auburn beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl, not only would Auburn be beating Alabama, you would also be throwing all sorts of things off with the SEC. I know Alabama still has the win over Ole Miss, and so that's the only problem with the Rebels is their only loss is to Alabama, the loss that you could not have if you're Ole Miss. But yet... They're still going to have a win over Georgia, a top-two team in college football, and you could have a situation where if the Rebels win out, they may not play in Atlanta. They'll do, they'll do the Alabama, where right. they go a one-loss team, they don't play in Atlanta, and they're going to be begging to get into the SEC. No, excuse me. They're going to be begging to get into the college football playoff as a one-loss team with a win over the number-two team in the entire country. Yeah, I mean... Look, Think about how crazy that is. There's a lot of golf left. Right. There's a lot of chalk out there. Left. We got about five holes left. Yeah, that's right. And it's time to start trying making some birdies and close something out. All any of these teams can do right now in this what if what if scenario is just continue to win and see how it plays out. I think Ole Miss would need some help, unfortunately for them, uh, because there's so many teams with similar records right now and will be at the end of the season. Um, obviously, not going to the SEC championship game would hurt them. What happens if they? 
they sit at home, Alabama lose uh, Alabama loses to Auburn or Kentucky, but gets in there and beats Georgia or loses to Georgia, whose only loss is to Ole Miss, but Georgia's the SEC champion. When it starts I mean, to we get can ugly, we yeah. can start playing musical chairs on the Titanic here. Somebody's going to get left out of the lifeboat this year, though. You you can uh, you you can see that coming. But but look, Ole Miss is net hasn't been this close to a BCS berth this late in the season. Maybe ever, maybe ever. So they're they're hungry and they can smell it and they can taste it. But unfortunately, they got to roll over to Athens tomorrow at night, and that crowd and Kirby Smart they'll be ready. And that's the problem with all of the what ifs we just played. It includes Ole Miss beating Georgia tomorrow at night in Athens, and it's just not going to happen. Here's what tells you. Here's so what either. you need to know. Georgia's a double digit favorite in a top ten matchup at home. There, I mean, there you have it. There you have it. That's all you need to know. I don't know how it's exactly going to go down. I think it's a good game, and I think Ole sure. Miss is in it because they can score. But I do think Georgia wins. They, like you said, when they get put up against the wall, they fight back, and they remind you who they are and why Georgia is back-to-back national champions. I'm taking Georgia tomorrow. I think it's a good game. I'm excited to keep up with it tomorrow night there on ESPN Television, and you can find it here on ESPN Radio on ESPN 106.7. Auburn and Arkansas tomorrow in Fayetteville. The Tigers taking on the Razorbacks' final road game of the year. And Arkansas is favored. Coming out of the Vanderbilt game, uh, how are you feeling going into this matchup on Saturday, Wade? Very happy that Auburn's got back-to-back victories, taking control over programs for a program that's in a rebuilding stage that you've historically beat down over time like Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. You can't have a loss to one of them and continue to think that your recruiting off the field is going to continue to go crazy, that your fans are going to keep buying up tickets and supporting. So you're doing everything that you have to do, okay? I thought that we were – like. Coach Free said uh, on the cusp of that game last week in Nashville getting out of hand. A couple of things didn't go Auburn's way, uh, including a really, really, that I mentioned early, weird call against him for a uh, punt interference to me that clearly wasn't. But, hey, this is college football, and some you know almost all calls can be interpreted one way or another. We saw that in the Alabama game and how derisive that was, right? So, happy, couldn't be happier. Auburn yet, though, to beat a team it hasn't, but they haven't lost to a team that they shouldn't have either. If we're going to go up into Fayetteville, and I think it's going to be a really good football game, okay? If we're going to go up in the Fayetteville, we got to do what Hugh Freeze did last year when he was the coach of Liberty. We got to get off to a good start. We got to jump on Arkansas early. We got to create some turnovers. We got to protect the ball and we got to open up the offense a little bit and execute. We got to be cleaner. We got to quit dropping passes, Jacob. It's driving me crazy, my friend. I know. I know. And it seems like the quarterback rotation is set in stone. It seems like uh, Peyton, obviously, Peyton Thorne is him. He's the guy, he's the man. But his backup has changed this week, it seems like, Uncle T-Bone. seems like Holden Gurner has taken over the backup role in the last month of the season. And here's what I have to say about that. We've commented on it very briefly this week um, because it's just – it's not important information, I don't think. I when don't it comes think to it the, is any longer. When it comes to the games themselves, no. I think this is Hugh Freeze and company preparing for the future. I think that's all it is. I think it's Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff preparing – for what they have to do down the road with a quarterback battle and trying to keep a kid that's young, talented, and 
can be a starter here and keep them happy. And, and what you have to do in today's game of college football is keep kids happy or else they're going to bolt and leave you. And so um, I don't think that's super, super big news. I th- it doesn't have any impact on this game tomorrow unless, God forbid, Peyton Thorne were to go down with injury. But um, Well, I think, that, you know, look, if there's some type of attitude problem here with a guy at quarterback and Robbie Ashford who thought he should have been getting more playing time and isn't and they're having a semi-discipline, I don't know if that's it or not or, or like you said, they're just moving into the future and they kind of have a feeling that Robbie Ashford might be transferring anyway. And all of this is speculative. I have no inside information or anything like that. But what I'm saying is it could affect the game tomorrow because what if Robbie Ashford really isn't preparing like he should and we need him to get in that red zone and make some plays like we know he can? I think it's a good point. That could but, be a huge issue. Yeah. But, you know, so, yeah, look, it needs to be all hands on deck from here on out because there's a tremendous opportunity for Auburn all of a sudden. If they can get up to Fayetteville and get that win, come home and get New Mexico State, and they're 7-4, and four, that's way, way different bowl-wise with the possible Gator Bowl trip looming instead of going to the Birmingham Bowl. Well, here's what tomorrow represents for Auburn on the rest of the season. Okay, you've got three games left. You've got New Mexico State next week, which if things go the way they should, you're supposed to win. You'll be going to a bowl game with six wins. You have the Alabama game, which it's at home. You don't know how Alabama's going to be playing, but if they continue to do what they do, they should only have one loss, and they have a lot to play for in that game. The game tomorrow for Auburn against Arkansas is an opportunity. I talked about this in the beginning of the year. I've talked about it all season long, and I'm continuing to talk about it here in the middle of November. For this season to have been a success for Auburn football, you had to beat the teams you were supposed to, which they have done, in the Cupcake games, in the Cow game, in Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. And I've said you had to beat somebody you were not supposed to. And they've yet to do that. They lost to A&M. They lost to Georgia. They lost to LSU. They lost to Ole Miss. And here's the problem. Tomorrow on the road in Fayetteville, Auburn's a three-point underdog. Auburn is not projected to win by any projections on ESPN or any other website you want to look at. Auburn's not supposed to win tomorrow, but yet they're the better team, in my opinion. And so tomorrow is the chance to get that win that you're not supposed to get. But here's the thing. I think it is a win you're supposed to get. Auburn should beat Arkansas 75% of the time, every time these two teams play. And that's just the way I look at it. I look at Arkansas like I look at Mississippi State and Ole Miss. It's games that Auburn should win 75% of the time. But this is now a game because of the odds, because of the projections, and whatever people want to do and pick, this is a game you're not supposed to win. This game tomorrow is the difference between a solid 7-5, and five, the potential to be 8-4 and four with a win over Alabama in the Iron Bowl, versus going 6-6 six and six in year one, with about four of those losses being games you could have won. And that's going to, I promise you, I can predict it on this show and on this radio station, all offseason long, Auburn fans will have a bad taste in their mouth with a 6-6 six and six record because of how they lost those games if you lose a close one tomorrow against Arkansas. I promise. I can feel yeah. it. I know. Yeah, look, a 7-5 and five trip down to Jacksonville for the Gator Bowl on New Year's Day or whenever it's played now against a Big Ten opponent, say like Iowa or Rutgers, is, is, is it's going to move the needle 
much better than, say, a uh, trip to uh, the Liberty Bowl where you're playing uh, some directional school that's probably going to bring their best game when you're just kind of looking to go ahead and get into uh, spring practice and recruiting like, yeah. we, like like when we had to go up against Houston in the Birmingham Bowl. So, look, I'm with you. Auburn leads the series 19-12-1. The Tigers' longest losing streak is only once of two games. That's in 2011 and 12. Auburn historically, especially under Gus Malzahn, really dominated Arkansas. You might be a little bit too young to remember the early 90s and, and into the 2000s when Arkansas was a much better program, mm-hmm. but it's been way down for a long time. So let's keep them down. Now, we'll have to argue one point here. I do believe that the best player on the field is K.J. Jefferson. Rocket Sanders for them is an outstanding running back who's finally healthy. I don't like that. And uh, you know what? They just got a little bit of shot of an emotional arm they you know a lot of people were hoping that Arkansas Auburn fans were that they would go down last week and this that and then we could just kind of put the final nail in the coffin going in this on a seven game losing streak yeah, for Arkansas this, this is going to be a really really good football game and I'm telling you the key here is getting off to a good start we'll wrap it up and give our final picks and predictions for Auburn and Arkansas in Fayetteville tomorrow when we come back we'll wrap it up here on the Friday edition of on the line are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067, Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett joins me in the studio. This hour each and every Friday has been brought to you by our friends at Sense Green Heating and Air. We appreciate them uh, sponsoring this hour each and every Friday. We also appreciate the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge for being our studio sponsor each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. A reminder, the Auburn basketball game tonight versus Southeast Louisiana, uh, the home opener in Neville Arena. You can normally catch those games here locally over on Wings 94.3, but with Auburn High School playoff football as the Tigers taking on Baker tonight over on Wings, you can find Auburn men's basketball right here on ESPN 106.7. Tip-off is set for 7 o'clock there in Neville Arena with the Auburn Sports Network guys. So be sure that you are tuning in for that. Also on Wings 94.3 tomorrow is game day on Wings 94.3. We'll go live at 11 a.m. Normally Uncle T-Bone and Jumping Jack Hutton, but uh, Jack said uh, he had better things to do. No, I'm kidding. He is he is in a wedding with a good friend, and so I will be filling in for him tomorrow at 11 a.m. over on Wings 94.3. So be sure you come yeah. and join us. Uh, a lot of fun. We'll be previewing Auburn, Arkansas, and with 11 a.m., we'll get to talk about all the early slate games um, and looking forward to that tomorrow over on Wings. I love it. I love it. I love it when we start at 11 o'clock because we start right there at kickoff. Something always exciting happens while we're on air. We can give live updates. So tune in and give us a call tomorrow. Let us know your thoughts on what's happening with uh, Auburn and all the other action around the around the country. And real quick, Jacob, uh, I had a blog come out, a new one at RadioFreeAuburn.com. Yes, yes, Check plug. It out. It's called Targeting Rule is a Failure. I'm tired of the rule. They need to they need to just trash it. It's way too derisive. And, uh, you know, just start calling personal fouls a little bit more aggressively up towards the head and neck. And if you get two of them, then you're ejected. There you I, go. This targeting rule is just uh, – it's not making the game any safer. I'm no. sorry, and I think it's just a massive failure. And it's just causing too many problems, and it – Normally debated along fan lines, and we don't need any more of that in college football. We need some real stuff. And thank you again, as always, before we get out of here to Sense of Green Heating and Air. Check them out at www.senseofgreen.com for air that's cool and clean. 
call Sense of Green, and always when you talk to them, tell them that Uncle T-Bone sent me. They will hook you up. Auburn and Arkansas tomorrow in Fayetteville. 3 o'clock, you can catch the radio broadcast over on Wings 94.3. As soon as we're done with game day at 11 a.m. at noon, the Auburn Sports Network guys will take over for the Tiger Tailgate Show. Countdown to kickoff and then kickoff between Auburn and Arkansas over on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Your final pick and prediction for tomorrow. Can Auburn get it done and beat the Hogs in Fayetteville tomorrow? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, look, Auburn's playing a lot more confident football than they were about a month ago we've settled on a quarterback and we have one I think we'll have a good game plan coming in here with the success that coach Freeze had last year with Liberty rolling in there winning 21 to 19 time is running out though for the Tigers to beat a team on their schedule this season that they should not Saturday would be a good day to do that and lock down a better bowl berth hey can history repeat itself it sure can last year Liberty went in there and won 21 to 19 that's my pick, Jacob. Auburn 21, Hogs 19. 19, okay. 21-19 Auburn. Well, here's the thing. I told you what this game represents for Auburn. It's the difference between a possibility of 8-4 and four and going 6-6. Six and six. If you lose tomorrow, Auburn 6-6. Six and six. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. You're going to go 6-6, six and six, but that doesn't happen. I think Auburn's the better team. I think Auburn's better offensively. Arkansas is going to score a little bit. But Auburn's defense is going to ball out like they have each and every game this year. Give me Auburn 27-20. to 20. I'll take I the like Tigers it. on the road in Fayetteville tomorrow. Tune in for Auburn High School football on Wings 94.3 tonight. 6.30 pregame with Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate. Stay on Wings all night long if you want to. We'll go on at 11 a.m. tomorrow yeah, let's for game do it day. all again. Let's do it again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. And, hey, we've got an announcement to make on Monday, don't we? we got some big news, so stay tuned, and we will let you know what that is. That's, That's a right. weekend teaser. That's what you like. That's called good radio right there, baby. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.